0: Tomas hits the You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Life. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now here's your host, Ted Ramey. Here's a leak pass. Meyer down the across the line. Puts on the brakes as Burroughs defends, throws behind the net to his countryman Heeshier, beats back to the point to a backskating Miller, shoots, tip score! Colin Miller, the right handed shooting defenseman, got the pass on the right point as he was backskating, and he let the shot go right away. Not a hard slap shot, just threw it to the net with a quick flick of the wrist. Not sure if it hit something on the way in, but it got by Kakinen. Nico is gonna get his third point of the night with the assist. And that was a great shot by Miller with Timo Meyer in front of the goal, 4 to 1 New Jersey.
1: Just, uh, we don't, uh, we don't, like, I actually thought that this kind of happened in, 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 in the game a little bit against National Columbus too. I think teams that uh, they, they like to all jump in the rush, but eventually, especially I think if they're down, they, they make these high-risk plays along the blue lines and you get your scoring chances. So there's no need really to uh, to force something that's not there. You just got to stay patient uh, and and play. I think the way that we've always like try to play being structured and and just uh being patient we would have gotten our chances and um, we were too uh yeah uh, i don't know offensive minded we thought we can make plays that are not there and like i said they're obviously way too skilled to uh, to not take advantage of those kind of mistakes and so we deservingly lost in, in the fashion that that we did
2: all right. Good morning, everyone. That was a rough one last night at the tank. The Sharks losing by a final of seven-two to New Jersey in the first return of Timo Meyer to the tank since he was traded to New Jersey last year. That was just not a a great game for anybody on the Sharks. Timo Meyer had a two-point nine. He had two assists when all was said and done. And the San Jose Sharks had, uh, well, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. I guess we'll start no further than the injury to Mackenzie Blackwood, which for a number of reasons is distressing just because a Mackenzie Blackwood is a guy who's dealt with injuries over the course of his career. It's one of the reasons why he's gone from being such a highly touted goalie to kind of being a, a goalie that New Jersey was willing to, uh, you know, let go of. And that's how San Jose acquired him. Um, and it looked like he had come past that point with San Jose. And I don't know the severity of the injury at this point. Neither did David Quinn when we spoke to him after the game last night. But anytime a goalie has to leave the game that quickly, you are concerned. And, you know, for Mackenzie Blackwood, you had hoped he had turned the corner on those injuries. He has been playing exceptional hockey for the Sharks this year. Both him and Cabo and for the most part, have been really, really good. Uh, but also... And I don't mean for this to sound callous or anything to that extent, but does this affect what the Sharks were planning to do in the trade market? Because this should it be some sort of longer-term injury to Mackenzie Blackwood, of which I would hope that it wasn't. But if this is some sort of longer-term injury, does this affect whether or not they were going to deal a Kakinen or McKenzie in and of itself, because you would have had at least one really, really high-performing goalie and somebody else to come up from the Barracuda. Now, if one of those guys is out for an extended period of time, that directly impacts what the Sharks could do in the trade market. And like I said, I don't, I don't mean to sound callous in that effect, but it is something that we've heard discussed all year long. uh, Rumors surrounding both Mackenzie Blackwood and Kapo Kakanen and an injury at this point heading towards the deadline, which is just about a week and a half away. uh, That's not something you want to have happen clearly. And, Um, It would be unfortunate if it was a long-term injury for multiple reasons, Um, primarily McKenzie and his health and the career that he's uh, had up to this point and the way that injuries have played a factor. That's obviously first and foremost in our thoughts, and then beyond that, uh, what would happen to the Sharks and their trade plans. Um, And also just the fact that even though the Sharks um, were not playing great hockey all game long, they did seem to change just overall when McKenzie Blackwood left the game, and I don't know... What the reason for that is, I don't know what the overall mentality was, if they were just deflated by the fact that their goalie was leaving the game. Uh, but the Sharks did seem to play a less high-quality game from that point on, and then Kakinen did not have his best night ever. This was not a situation where somebody was having a bad game up to that point, point. you could tell that a goalie change was going to, coming, going to be coming. This was not a situation where they had the ability to uh, say, you know, at the uh, at the break at intermission, hey Capo, you need to go in. This was something that happened very, very suddenly, and uh, you know, Capo's just got to go in at that point. And I don't know if he was quote unquote ready to play. I think a goalie, a professional, is always ready to play in an emergency situation, as it was last night. But he may not have been as warm. He may not have been as loose. He may not have been as mentally prepared in the same way uh, that he otherwise would have been. And I think that there are reasons for that because in terms of stress and recovery management, you do have to allow yourself to deflate in between starts and take those nights off. And if all of a sudden you're thrown to the fire, that does change things for your goalie and his mentality. And, you know, you you, you need the proper warm-up. You need the proper game day routine. You know, if capo has got those things taken away, uh, that affects things. I don't think we would look at it any differently than what we would say of a starting pitcher in baseball. And I think it's got to be treated the same way For goalies. So while Capo did not have his best night last night, I I do think there were mitigating circumstances. So I'm not going to uh, crucify him in that aspect. You would have liked him to have been better, but he was not the only problem in a long, long list of issues for the San Jose Sharks last night. Um, He was one of the issues, but not certainly the main issue. Uh, The main issue for me was the turnovers. I mean, that to me was absolutely the just crux of the issue for San Jose in last night's game and it's unfortunate to see these things just keep on rearing their head like you see over and over and over the San Jose Sharks making these same mistakes all year long and turnovers puck management are right there at the top of the list and for a good team in the NHL what's the one thing they don't do it's They turn the puck over with much less frequency, and when they do turn it over, it's in a much less damaging situation. Uh, Henry Thrun on the go-ahead goal for the Devils last night made a flat pass across the ice with no one behind him to defend, and that meant it went from a 1-1 game to a 2-1 game. So not only are you giving the puck away in a careless fashion, you're giving them a breakaway, a one-on-none with the goalie, and then beyond that, you're putting a goalie in a bad situation and then in there was the game in the micro and the macro and it was just like wow that was a bad giveaway that was a bad goal to give up and then the sharks just kept on kept on repeating that process all throughout the game it was not fun to watch it was not pretty it was just a uh, it was a depressing scene to watch because even though the sharks had had a couple of situations in games recently where they let things get away from them Um, It seemed like they had had moments of better hockey. It seemed like this type of game was maybe out of their system, uh, but clearly it is not. This game was definitely in their system, and we saw it a little bit in the game against Vegas, and this brings me to a larger point that we've seen with the Sharks this year is that, you know, they give up goals in bunches. When they have these mental breakdowns, it seems like teams are able to pounce. It seems like teams are able to take complete advantage of what the Sharks are doing out there on the ice and just nearly have their way with them. And it's it's kind of depressing, I will admit, but it's something that the Sharks need to rectify and make sure it does not stay in their game. And Listen, I'm not trying to say that this Sharks team is as talented as many other teams in the NHL. The Devils, in and of themselves, in my opinion, have played underneath their talent level all year long. Uh, compared to some of the high-profile players they have, that should be a better team I digress, but I do know the Sharks are not as talented as most teams in the NHL. They're in the bottom rung of the NHL in terms of talent on their roster right now, which means they have to be that much more careful in terms of puck management, in terms of decision-making, in terms of just how they are managing the game from start to finish. I have no doubt that Henry Thrun will one day be a very good defenseman in the NHL, and I think at various times this year he has played like a very good defenseman in the NHL. However... He is not beyond those growing pains when he makes a play like he did last night, a flat p- pass across the ice, uh, w- which was, you know, a goal the minute it left his stick, or at least going to be a high danger chance for the opposition. That is what we call a growing pain. That is something that I hope he learns from, but that to me is a growing pain that we saw right there in front of us out there on the ice, and those are the types of plays that really come back to bite you. That's not necessarily a talent deficiency. That's an experience deficiency. That's a growing pain. And we got to see Henry Thrun have that growing pain in front of all of us. I thought about asking if David Quinn said anything to Henry after that play or at intermission or immediately following the game. I don't even know if it's necessary because I think Henry Thrun, as smart as he is and as capable as he is, probably realized, yeah, I effed up. I can't do that again. I cannot have that play happen out there on the ice again. I can't be the problem in that same way again. And that's what separates players in the NHL that make it a long time from players that are you know, here today, gone tomorrow, or up and down and up and down, is that can they take those mistakes out of their game? Can they give themselves a chance to rectify what they did out there on the ice? And hopefully for Henry Thrawn, and I, I think he will, I think that'll be a mistake that he will not make again Anytime soon and then just across the ice last night the Sharks just were not doing much in a high quality fashion they had a bad night and they shot themselves in the foot on top of it they did not have you know great offensive generation they got shots off but I think early on you know the majority of their shots I want to say half their shots came in the first period when they were playing somewhat better and after that it was just kind of a uh it was a slow roll downhill for the team after that start in which they did have a one nothing lead, and then it went completely via the other direction. So let's take a look back at this game, including an early high-quality save from Mackenzie Blackwood.
0: Luke Hughes goes back to his brother Jack, right-wing side Shark Zone, to Pallad, who cycles it up the right-wing boards, looks for Jack Hughes on the point. Now he moves into the middle. He drives one toward the net, and that's a big save by Mackenzie Blackwood. No rebound for Dawson Mercer, who was right there, one-on-one against Sederland, because Blackwood was able to hold on.
2: So a good save from Mackenzie there, and the Sharks looked like they were doing some decent things out there. Mackenzie Blackwood... Saw 13 shots, no goals allowed. I mean 13 in the amount of time that he played, 1734. That's impressive. I was I was excited for McKenzie up to that point of the game because he was playing well. Um, you know, but obviously he left the game, you know, injured. Then you know, Capo saw 31 shots allowed in seven, only 24 saves. We're talking about a 1,000 save percentage versus a 774 save percentage. I would argue that's probably Capo's worst night of the year or one of them. There's the game that was, um, you know, the the 10 goal game. Uh, There was the game in Seattle. And then we look at last night's game. These are not games that we are uh, desiring to remember, but, um, you know, Capo was not the, the main issue for the Sharks last night. He was an issue, but McKenzie was playing a good game in my opinion. And then even after that, the Sharks found themselves
0: a lead by way of a goal from Nico Sturm. New Jersey dressing seven defensemen in tonight's contest Is Tomasz Nosek unable to make a play. Now, speaking about unable to make a play, Barabanov lost it, but he gets it back on a lucky deflection. He moves down the left wing side on Marino, goes into the zone, centering feet in front, Sturm shoots and scores! So after Alexander Barabanov lost the puck, he gets a lucky break, but it deflects off a ball at center ice. He gets it back. He moves in, makes a nifty move on the left-wing side, and just tosses one to the front of a net. And Nico Sturm should get credit for the goal. Sharks won, and the Devils, nothing.
2: What's unfortunate is there was good life in the building last night. Like You can hear the reaction to that goal. Everybody was fired up, and the Sharks had played decently up to that point. And you walk into intermission with a 1-0 lead, then, late in that period, obviously, Mackenzie Blackwood leaves. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Start of the second period, Capo comes out staying in net. So everybody knew, okay, this is not a, a good sign. So from that point on, though, it was all New Jersey. And this is another situation when the Sharks are giving up bang, bang goals. 3.29 of the second. Jesper Bratt.
0: Rebound off of LeBank's skate. Uh oh, here comes guys. Bratt down the left wing side. Only one man back. Here comes Meyer moving in in front. They score! Terrible change. Very bad change by the Sharks. Two on one. Tic-tac-toe. Timo Meyer coming in with Jesper Bratt. And Bratt gets the pass back. No chance for Kakanen. The game is tied 1-1 here at SAP Center as Bratt for New Jersey gets his 22nd of the year.
2: And then 37 seconds later, Jack Hughes.
0: Front across the ice. Stolen away by Heisher, Has a semi-breakaway. Moves into the zone. Deke shoots. Henry Thrun turns it over. Jack Hughes skates down the ice, makes the move on Kekanen, and suddenly it's 2-1 to one New Jersey.
2: And again, that's a mistake that you hope Henry Thrun will not make again. But momentum had clearly swung in favor of the Devils, and then 13.08 of the second, they get one more. Cunning gets it to Emerson,
0: back to Emerson, tries to slip by a check. He does hold on to it. He's checked by Jack Hughes of New Jersey, and here comes Nico Hischer the other way. Heeshier across the line, slips it over the ball, winds up, shoots, score! Wow, what a bomb that was for Kevin Ball off a Nico Heeshier pass to the left side of the point. No chance for Kakinen. It's 3-1 New Jersey officially. That one will not be offside.
2: So beyond deflation at that point, you've given up three straight goals. Momentum isn't even in the question anymore. New Jersey had taken over the game. This takes us to the start of the third period. Colin Miller at the 241 mark.
0: Here's a leap pass. Meyer down the left, cross the line, puts on the brakes as Burroughs defends, throws behind the net to his countryman Heeshier, beats back to the point to a backskating Miller, shoots, tip score! Colin Miller, the right-handed shooting defenseman, got the pass on the right point as he was backskating, and he let the shot go right away. Not a hard slap shot, just threw it to the net with a quick flick of the wrist. Not sure if it hit something on the way in, but it got by Kakinen. Nico Heesher is going to get his third point of the night with the assist. And that was a great shot by Miller with Timo Meyer in front of the goal. Four-to-one, New Jersey.
2: Then, about two minutes and twenty seconds later, Brendan Smith. Off the face-off, Tierney wins
0: it for New Jersey, and Smith gets a pass and scores. Brendan Smith getting the feed, and former shark Chris Tierney is going to get an assist here as it's five to one New Jersey. And Smith, the defenseman, picks up the goal.
2: And then again, under two minutes later, Dawson Mercer. And here comes Ferraro skating
0: the center. Beats on the left side, Duclair got into the offensive zone, loses on the check to Miller, and Toffoli races the other way with Duclair in hot pursuit. Toffoli moves it across the line, stick handle away from Duclair, moved around Zetterlin, throws it across the rink to Marino, who keeps it in, and now Jack Hughes to the slot, shot, score! The Devils now lead six to one, and the man who put the puck in the net was Dawson Mercer. Tremendous work by New Jersey. Mercer just setting up and putting on the brakes on the play, but what an effort by Toffoli to stick-handle by a couple of people. And then the pass from the far side of the ice from Hughes, right to Mercer, no chance for Kakanen. It's 6-1 to one Devils.
2: The Devils were not done as a minute later, Nico Heischer
0: adds on, making it a 7-1 game. New Jersey with the puck, starts to move it out. Heischer gets the pass from Bratt, moves in with Meyer, crossed the line, moves to the middle, shoots, score! That's four points for Nico Hischer, and this one is a beautiful goal on a pass out of the zone that came right on the tape. He moved to the middle of the ice with Meyer driving to the goal, and he beats Kakanen. It is now 7-1 to one New Jersey.
2: And inconsequentially, the Sharks would get one back by way of Justin Bailey. Fed
0: back to the point by Hoffman, DeRuiter to the front, the shot, deflected wide. Bailey skates to it, moves up the left side, turns, throws to the net, tip, score! That was Carpenter in the slot, Bailey with a great use of the legs, came up toward the point after curling in the corner to grab that loose puck, threw it toward the net, and the Sharks get their second goal of the game with only 7.27 to go. So good to see the
2: Sharks continue to fight, I suppose. And you like to see Thrun getting a point there as well as Carpenter and Bailey as those guys, uh, you know, hardworking. You got Carpenter and Bailey, long time uh, veterans going up and down between uh, the American League and the NHL. And then you got Thrun, a young guy who is still trying to uh, figure it out. And it's a night where he'd already uh, been a part of giving up one goal. So it was nice to help him earn one back. And yeah, it was... Uh, too little too late, obviously, but you appreciate the fact that the Sharks are still trying to create some offense at that point of the game. All right, on the other side, we are going to get into some of the post game reaction. I can tell you, David Quinn, not happy after this one. That's coming up next on Morning Tide, presented by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. That to do list you have needs one more thing chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice cold Coors Light and chill take the afternoon off and binge watch anything go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours who's counting anyways or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week whatever you do do it with a coors light mountain cold refreshment made to chill 2020 coors brewing company golden colorado celebrate responsibly
0: welcome back to morning tide brought to you by coors lighting Luke Hughes goes back to his brother Jack. Right wing side, Shark Zone. To out who cycles it up the right wing boards. Looks for Jack Hughes on the point. Now he moves into the middle. He drives one toward the net, and that's a big save by Mackenzie Blackwood. No rebound for Dawson Mercer, who was right there, one-on-one against Zetterlin, because Blackwood was able to hold on.
3: Obviously, you didn't really know what was going on, because it wasn't an injury where in the game it had to be stopped, and guys were sure what happened. So I think there was a little bit of uncertainty, but uh, we're not sure yet. We'll know a lot more tomorrow.
2: That is head coach David Quinn bringing us back in on a Wednesday morning on Morning Tide after the San Jose Sharks get beat up by the Devils last night, 7-2. to 2. Obviously talking about Mackenzie Blackwood right there, uh, the injury uh, and the situation and how it went down. Quinn did confirm it was a lower body injury and then added more
3: context. Yeah, it would hurt us for sure, but you know it's too early to tell how long he'll be out for.
2: That's not the most encouraging statement we've ever heard. But yeah, at this point, we don't know anything. Maybe we will find out more later today. It depends on what they know. Uh, This is just obviously unfortunate news. As Mackenzie Blackwood has been a big part of the Sharks play all year long. Uh, You hope it's just minor. Guys have minor injuries all the time. He could have had a cramp. He could have had something. So we will see uh, what exactly this does turn into. More on the game itself. David Quinn not happy with what he saw on the ice. Just
3: stop passing the other team the puck. We did it over and over and over again tonight. I mean, it was just, our puck play was bad. And that's, listen, give them credit. They did some good things to force us, but we just gave them the puck over and over and over and over again. And you just, you don't need to talk about anything else. You just keep making plays and you don't care about the consequences. And you're gonna get a 7-2 loss. Rarely in life are things
2: that simple, but I do think that is one of those simple explanations of what happened to the game. If you give them the puck over and over to that extent, it is going to come back to bite you. It is going to damage you. If you give them that many opportunities, if you give them the breakaway, if you give them just dangerous situations, you're going to be on the other end of it, and it's going to hurt, and it hurt the Sharks over and over it last night. And it's unfortunate to see these things rearing their head in the Sharks game the way they are because, you know, bad losses like this, you hoped were working their way out of the Sharks system. And there have been moments in the last couple of games where, unfortunately, the Sharks have looked like that problematic team again. And that's that's unfortunate, for lack of a better term, but it is something that is, unfortunately, part of their game still. And they've still got to work it out, and I don't know if it'll get worked out this year. It takes time, clearly, Uh, But it's still in their game to get blown out by a great disparity. Losing 7-2 in the previous era was unheard of or, you know, just rarely, rarely, rarely happened. Uh, You know, you got a 10-2 loss this year. You got a 10-1 loss this year. You give up seven against Seattle. You give up seven last night. um, You've given up six goal games to Tampa and Toronto. I mean, these games are part of the Sharks' DNA, for lack of a better expression. This is who they are. And until they prove it's who they are not, uh, it's still going to be something that we have to accept as a potential reality in every single game they play. Quinn was also asked about other factors like guys paying attention to the deadline, trying to make too much happen offensively. Uh, He said it may have played a
3: factor. Yeah, a record deadline and all of a sudden you're in a situation like we are and this is the ultimate team sport and all of a sudden you don't play the ultimate team game and this is not a sport you can do anything on your own. And, yeah. you know, that can creep in and when you're in the situation we're in and when you get the trade done coming up.
2: We've seen a lot from David Quinn over the last couple of years. We've seen him after 10-2 and 10-1 losses. We've seen him after tight losses. We have seen him after, you know, just every, you know, sort of situation. But last night was a different David Quinn that I think we'd seen before. There was, I think, a level of disappointment that I had not previously seen from him because we've seen him pissed off and we've seen him... You know just frustrated and we've seen him just you know perplexed, apoplectic, however you want to describe the various David Gwynns we've seen after games. But last night it was just, I don't know, maybe even something closer to shame. like he just was not in any way shape or form, trying to paint a picture that was rosier than what we saw. and he wasn't, you know, just angry. He just he felt like he was a disappointed parent. like he had just seen something from his children where, you know, it was a hey, we raised you to be better in that. We don't act like this in that, this family type situation. He just seemed like just absolutely disappointed in the performance that was out there on the ice. And, you know, I do not give David Quinn the, the blame for this one. He's not the one making the bad passes. He's not the one turning the puck over. He's not the one making things happen the wrong way. He is trying to put together a very, very ragtag group of guys, and it's going the wrong way and there's not a lot he can do to fix it. There is no scheme. There are no X's and O's. There's no great schematic breakdown that's going to turn this Sharks team into a winning hockey team. It comes down to the guys on the ice to play a better brand of hockey, and all too often that's not been happening. And unfortunately for David Quinn, he's the guy who's got to bear the brunt of it, which, yes, comes with the title of head coach and the paycheck. Obviously, there are uh, factors that go along with that. You're going to take the blame from a lot of people, but... You know, in my opinion, this this is not on David Quinn. This is on the players on the ice. And again, David Quinn, I'm sure he's thinking, we've gone over this. We've made these mistakes. We should be moving past it. And instead of moving past it, we are regressing. We're making these same mistakes. We're turning the puck over. And when you do it like they did last night, yeah, you're going to end up in a bad way. And quote-unquote bad way ends up being a 7 to loss?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that we addressed too uh, this season is um, how quickly we give up goals. Like we give up one and then we give up two and three. Um, and that um, it kind of just breaks your back, right? It takes away everybody's confidence, takes away the, the goalie's confidence instead of, you know, we give up a goal and then we say, okay, let's get through this next three, four, five minutes, and then uh, we attack from there. Uh, we, we, we keep pressing and we keep forcing, and then we give up, you know, two or three goals in a couple of minutes, and then the game is obviously slipping out of your hands. Uh, so we, it's tough because we, we know these things, we address these things, and we don't really seem to, to learn from them.
2: Yeah. That's Nico Sturm after the game last night, and he's aware of it. He sees the Sharks repeating these mistakes. He sees them having these issues. He sees them making these same mistakes. And that's something that you have to move past if you want to be a better team. And you know, I, I love Nico Sturm's honesty. Like every time the Sharks have had bad losses. He has been the guy to come out there and be very, very clear and plain and not beat around the bush. He is probably one of those guys that coaches love because he's going to point the mirror right at himself. And even though Nico Sturm isn't particularly the problem, he's one of the guys out there on the ice. So if he's not the solution in the ultimate team game, like we heard David Quinn allude to, you know, you are part of the problem. You need to be doing things that are fixing it. And I'm not saying that Nico Sturm was the only problem for the Sharks last night because I don't think he was even close to being... Um, you know, the biggest problem any way, shape, or form. He scored a goal. Um, I thought that he played decently, but he's part of the collective. I mean, everybody is part of the collective, and he has to figure out what he can do as a leader, what he can do as a Stanley Cup champion that has the experience of knowing what it takes to win in this league to get that to everybody else. And I think leading by example, scoring that early goal for San Jose is clearly an example of his ability to do so. Um, but you know he's got to be a greater part of the solution, and I, I know that seems like a lot of onus to put on him, but I think that's part of what you have to do. Let's hear from Mario Ferraro.
4: I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it really changed. To be honest, I don't know what you guys saw, but for me, from my end of it, like it was it changed once we gave that gave up that first goal. That's where I really saw a change. I don't think it. You know, he was out in the first. Um, I, you know, our first period wasn't great, but you don't know, hear it. We were hanging in there. We got away with a few things and we actually did some good things. Um, uh, and then just, you know, the beginning of that, that second, that's when we kind of went downhill a little bit. Um, I just think we kind of started to let them play their game and, and we didn't, you know, play ours. And, you know, they just, they, they won the battle at that. There's too many turnovers. And um, that's what I really thought changed the game was, you know, just our mindset, uh, our play with the puck. Just trying to make plays in the middle or trying to force offense. and. Um, getting involved a little too much, especially when we went down, down a goal. And that's where we kind of really you know, shoot. We kind of thought we got to play catch up and uh, that really hurt us.
2: And again, that's the honesty for Mario Ferraro that you appreciate why he wears the A on the sweater. He's going to face the media after the tough losses. He's talking there about the way that the game got away from them after Mackenzie Blackwood was, had to leave the game. Uh, he said he didn't see it specifically after Mackenzie left, but more when the goal was scored. But you know, you can feel it slipping away, right? Like I think all those guys saw the game slipping away. They don't like how that makes them feel. They don't like the way that it ends up. And now it's a day of practice today where hopefully you'll find out more information about Mackenzie Blackwood and his injury. But then the schedule comes right back at you on Thursday night when they are thankfully going to be back home again. Um, But, you know, that doesn't make it any easier. They're playing an opponent Uh, in the Ducks who are quote-unquote beatable, but at the same time, you know, if they play like that again, they're not going to beat anyone. So a chance for redemption looms. All right, we are out of time. I will see you all Thursday afternoon as we get ready for Anaheim at the Tank. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off
0: been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.